I left and ran straight into all the trauma that I never healed from. I was already out of the abusive household. I got out of it when I was 12, but it was the roots to all the disaster of 17 through 21. And by 21, I mean, I left the church little by little, stopped going. I stopped singing, then I stopped going. And then it just completely just felt like I wasn't connected to it at all. Um, When I was 21, I hit rock bottom. I mean, I've had situations where I was with people and they were doing drugs and I'd wake up and I felt my heart was stopping, but then I'd wake up the next day and be like, oh, let's go party again. I'm alive. You know, I, that's why when you said that, I was like, oh, maybe that should have been some times that I like woke up. But no, it hit point where I started battling with identity crisis where I literally just wanted to die. Mm. And I was confessing it on a constant. Like I would just get blackout drunk and just tell my friends like, hey, I just want to die. Hey, I'd like to give a special shout out to the sponsor of our show, The Makeover Master. I can't say enough good things about them as they've done a ton to help grow our show and support our mission through their branding and brand strategy help. Honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. Here's the deal. If you run a business and you want more awareness, leads, and sales, everyone out there is telling you that their strategy, tool, or tactic is the magic pill that will give it to you fast and easy. But these quick fix solutions don't work for most because most businesses are either missing the foundations or they're out of order and the foundations are what make all these online strategies work. Well, I have some awesome news for you. Because of our sponsorship with The Makeover Master, I'm able to give you their $997 foundations course for free. I've been through this course myself and it is packed with so much value and it's unlike any other course out there today. You can get through it in less than a few hours and it will completely transform your perspective on what really matters and why it matters when it comes to having more success with your business online. If you go to the show notes of this episode, our sponsors page, or visit ericallenmedia.com foundations today, you can get access to the course completely free. And I'm not really sure when this free offer is going to end, so go to ericallenmedia.com foundations and get your free $997 gift from me to you. Brett X, you're a personal trainer, you're a coach, dude, you're a model. You're also man of the world, USA 2020. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, man. Thank you for having me. I like to start my shows up by going back a bit, man. Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Uh, Miami, born and raised, okay. still here. <laughs> nice. And um, I mean, childhood, it's funny you're asking that because I've been doing a lot of meditation and God's been taking me back to healing out there. And I was raised in physical abuse, verbal abuse, and just like all kind of psycho, more psychological. It wasn't just verbal. It was very twisted things that took place. Wow. And the reason I live my dream today and live with the joy of a child is because God is making up for the things that I really didn't experience as a child. So it's funny that your first question was childhood because <laughs> childhood for me was not anywhere near the joy that I experienced as an adult. And yeah. that's why I make sure that I keep my joy and I make sure that things I, I understand my strength now because I'm like, okay, if you went through this as a child, imagine now. And then also if you could go through that, then you have to keep your peace and your joy today. But I've realized a lot of adults are children that haven't dealt with their childhood. <laughs> so, For sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely, man. I, I was 39 years old. I'm 41 now before I released my story publicly. Like I just kind of held all that crap in and thought I'd be okay and be like the tough man. Right. You know, and it's, 
it wasn't that way at all, man. Once I, once I was like, all right, I'm just going to tell the story and see what happens. And man, there's so much weight off my shoulder and, you know, it's, God just opened up so many doors for that. But I mean, speaking of that, like, you know, you and I, we have the shared faith in God and, and my Amen. story, how came, right. You know, and uh, I mean, I got rocked by God on Easter morning, 2004, waking up, you know, around guys who were surrounded, like I pat, they were all passed out after a night of party. And I woke up by myself and just felt God saying, you're done. And I quit cold Turkey, drinking drugs, cigarettes, wow. everything right then, man. Amen. And um, yeah, so it was just crazy story. But how did you come to know the Lord, man? <laughs> uh, so while I was in, well, and it's, it's so crazy you're asking these questions because God, um, I'm going to be transparent. God was showing me that some of my unbelief comes from when I was a kid trying to pray things out of situations that I didn't feel like the prayers were being answered. And just, just, just this week alone, God has been doing such a deep meditation because I started going from prayer to really deep meditation and silence with God and just re- re- reciting the words that I want to speak over my life on a constant and then attaching it to an emotion of what I'm feeling. And it's just been, it's been mind blowing. Um, and I was raised in the church. So while the chaos was taking place, we were going to church. So that helped me to create a dissociation, unfortunately, between heaven and household. Like church was a place. It wasn't a lifestyle for me. Yeah. So by the time I was like in high school, I compromised church for popularity because I was like, oh, it's just a place, you know, it's just, it's just a Friday night event. It's just this. And, and I was like, because I wasn't, I mean, I tried to understand God, but it was more in a religious aspect. Like I did good because God wants you to do good. Not because sure. I really had that relationship with God yep. or because of the fear of someone from my church finding out. So at the age of 18 well 17 I was already senior year um I started drinking with my buddies and I would skip church but I was also singing at the church so I would have to skip rehearsals but then I'd be like I don't know if I want to keep doing this I'll never forget the phone call I gave my my um youth leader slash worship leader a call and I said hey look I don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep doing this I've just been really busy I mean senior year how busy are you (laughs) you're busy in all the wrong things (laughs) totally so I left and man I left and ran straight into all the trauma that I never healed from I was already out of the abusive household Mm -hmm. I got out of it when I was 12 but it was the roots to all the disaster of 17 through 21 and by 21 I mean, I left the church little by little, stopped going. I stopped singing, then I stopped going. And then it just completely just felt like I wasn't connected to it at all. Um, When I was 21, I hit rock bottom. I mean, I've had situations where I was with people and they were doing drugs and I'd wake up and I felt my heart was stopping, but then I'd wake up the next day and be like, oh, let's go party again. I'm alive. You know, I, that's why when you said that, I was like, oh, maybe that should have been some times that I like woke up. But no, it hit point where I started battling with identity crisis where I literally just wanted to die. Mm. And I was confessing it on a constant. Like I would just get blackout drunk and just tell my friends like, hey, I just want to die. I don't want to live. And then they would be kind of worried. And I, there was even a point where I had a, uh, I wouldn't even tell my, I was living a double life at one point. And because I was battling with everything. I mean, I was sleeping with women, but then I got confused with my sexuality, dealing with daddy issues, like everything just went all over the place. But then the secret life, I had a fake name, I had a fake alias, and I would just keep going out there with my alias name. And then there came a point where I just got so 
lost that I told the friends I was with, I was like, I want to die. And they're like, bro, what are you talking about? I was like, you don't even know my name. And it was so crazy because mm. they were like, what? We don't know your name. Like, we don't know your identity. Like, how wow. is this happening? And I said, I don't even know who I am. And if only you knew the stuff I went through as a kid, you would understand why I'm in so much pain because I just kept running to things that were going to cause me more pain. I started running to drugs that were going to cause me more pain. Um, I knew the women that I was entangling myself with were going to cause me pain. I was dating girls that were bartenders and stuff like that. It was just either I was going to cause them pain or they were going to cause me pain. And then I was confused about my sexuality. It was just a whole black hole of a situation. And I was 21 years old and I realized I wanted nothing to do with men. I didn't want anything with that. I wanted to be married. I want to have kids. But then I was like, how do I ever go into that with this baggage? Mm -hmm. How do I ever clean up my life? So New Year's Eve came and um, I hit rock bottom. I was super drunk and um, we were at like this Russian New Year's party. So you can imagine how much was going down with vodka. And <laughs> I, I liked this girl there. I was trying to help her overcome her breakup. And you know, when you're, when you're wounded, anything else just seems like it's glorified and you worship it immediately. Totally. And um and God was speaking to me a lot through dreams that I was in bondage, but I wasn't close to God. So I didn't comprehend what he was saying, but he was just showing me that I was like in a moving vehicle headed in the wrong direction. And I needed to break out of the vehicle and start running, like literally find a way out of it. And the crazy part about that dream is that I opened the back, the back of an SUV. And usually you can't just open the back of an SUV. It has to be open from the outside. But I literally, I guess it was faith that got me out. And that's when God started showing me to let go of things, but I wasn't fully ready to let go. Yeah. And I went to a church. I finally hit rock bottom. Um, but before New Year's Eve, I always forget this. Before New Year's Eve, I went to my old church. I was like, I need God. I need, there was a lot of weird stuff happening in America. And I was like, I need Jesus. And I clearly am hitting rock bottom. And a lady at my church, she's, she's like a prophet. And she goes, this is your year coming up. This is going to be your year. And I said, okay, like, all right, cool. But I was not ready to receive it. The next mm -hmm. thing I knew I was out at a club, um, taking ecstasy with my friends and having the time of my life and forgetting completely about that. But I did have sure. weird encounters there because I was already on that bridge. You see, sometimes you're gonna be in a bridge setting when you know that it's time to let things go and you're in like a turbulence with yourself. So you'll be more, you'll be more aware of what's taking place. Like right. when you know that you're supposed to let things go, as opposed to being completely blind, but to being awake and entangling, there's a difference. So uh, fast forward the next day, I hit rock bottom. I tell everybody, I tell my friends, just leave me here to die because the girl that I wanted to be with got back with her ex-boyfriend and that was it for me. Like I was just like, the, the age of 21 was my most reckless year. It's the year that I could say I got the darkest, deepest and, 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 wild um so i just said you know what i just want to die like just mm. let me here die and Damn. no one ever loved me and ever since i was a kid it was abused and i was just confessing all these things and apparently i was like yelling like i don't know if i was manifesting or what the heck was going on but i was just yelling in the middle of like a walgreens parking lot at two in the morning on new year's eve like wow. it was a wreck dude a complete God. wreck and yeah. uh the next day i go to a church and because someone told me to go to a singing competition, I sing and they're okay. like, oh, you want to listen to it? And, and then I get in the vehicle and then like, by the way, it's at a church. And I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> good. And the, and the guy goes, um, he goes, 
how many of you had a crazy year? And I was like, and then he's like, how would you like to start your whole year fresh? Huh. And then I raised my hand and then I did the walk and, and I literally did feel a power take place. But the thing is, I already knew what an encounter with God was because when I was little at seven years old, I gave my life to Christ. Mm. But as I got older and I was in the dysfunction, I didn't say, so as soon as I gave my life to Christ, it was like if that little child and the passion and everything came back, um, I can't say that that was the, the, the only time I had fallen. Cause I did have my back and forth with God in my twenties. Sure. Um, but it was the time that it cleaned up my life a lot. It caused me to not keep running and tangling, but the, what caused me to really surrender to God in the last couple of years was when God told me preach with your life, not your words. Oh, yeah. And as I started building a business, I had put away all the stupidity and I was just building a business, but I was still like back and forth with purpose with God and everything. Um, and I realized I'm like, what's the point of having all this success and no like peace with it. So, and having no vision with it either. Yeah. Cause I was reading entrepreneur books and they were like, it's a roller coaster with your eyes closed. And I just realized I'm like, I don't have to do this with my eyes closed and I don't have to keep running from God. And what would cause me to run from God is the, the shame of my past and the entanglement and things that just like the community hang out with familiar spirits familiarity of things that you should not be in like when you you know too much you have to be cautious with where you place yourself to because if not you're setting yourself up for failure and i was in my young my 20s during that whole back and forth and i've just realized like what causes me to stay connected to god to this day is identity what I lacked, even when I went back to God and everything, I didn't allow God to tell me my identity. I just thought Christian was it like, I just, okay, Christian, but I didn't understand dreams, vision, like 10 year plan, believing in myself, healing the old stuff. I would always talk about the old stuff, but I wouldn't heal from the old stuff gotcha. because I would just look at the sin. I wouldn't look at the root and what's caused such a breakthrough in my life and being a coach and everything that I've been able to help people is I get straight to the root in conversations. Like I know God has shown me from everything that I entangled in, it was rejection, abandonment, beyond yeah. abuse. Yep. As I also dealt with that from another, from my father. So my stepfather was the crazy one. <laughs> my father abandoned me, but it was a rejection, abandonment. And then the the abuse in itself, but the way it was psychologically twisted, God just showing me, it's like these manifestation of spirits did not want a leader to birth forth. So it causes the leader to birth forth. It's like, you try to stop me as a kid. You can't stop me now. Right. Long story short, <laughs> man, dude, I got chills so many times while you're telling that story, dude. I mean, that was yeah. awesome, man. Your story is awesome, dude. I think God's got such huge plans for you, man. And it already in place right now, man. So you are changing lives already, which is awesome. One of the cool things I saw on your Instagram is you talk about like people should be doing these five-year goals, man. It, like, why is it so important for that five and like you mentioned, 10-year goals, man, versus just doing these short-term like, all right, in six months, I want to do this. So it goes back to if you have any bad habit, you could want it for five more months, but not five more years. Yeah. Absolutely. If you have a toxic relationship, you could want it for five more months, but not five more years. Yeah. And if you have bad health, you can care for it for five more months. But if you're thinking five, 10 years, you're like, I don't know how much more painful and, and this is going to get. Right. And if you're broke and you're struggling, 
Like you'll be like, okay, I can stick with this for five more months, but dang, am I really going to go through this for five more years? So what it does is it, it just causes an awakening. And that's mm. really something that cleaned up my life. Like this vision board, this is an updated version, Come but uh, I had it when I was out at a club and that's what started causing me to, I was out at a club. I mean, this was after my breakthrough and everything. Cause I'm not the type of person like, Oh, I got saved and everything cleaned up. No, it sure. was a process. And then there yeah. was still a runaway thing because of women and like the Solomon concept. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, but I had a vision board and I was out at a club and I was, I was high. I was, and I was at the club and I was with this girl and I kept joking about that girl being my wife. I was like, Oh, this is my wife. And I was joking. And she even went to the restroom and there was some guy. And he's like, well, I'm waiting on my wife. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then for some reason I look at my vision board and I see me and my wife and my family going on a private jet. And I realize I'm like, this is not my wife and this is not my life. And I literally left there and I laid on my couch and I was still a little stone. And I was like, why do I feel so uncomfortable? And I can I kid you not. I heard the Holy Spirit just say, cause you're a believer. Uh, and I was like, wow. Whoa, like that makes sense. That's why. And, and, and God will start tugging at you more and more because of the way seasons are. And because I cleaned my life up at that point, I was able to be Mr. Men's universe USA later, a couple months later. So I needed, God needed me to clean my life up because there was opportunities that were going to start building that things needed to start to shake. And I was open to it because I was just like, I had vision and I was yeah. like, this isn't going to take me where I want to go. Man, so good. And you mentioned like you, you won man of the world USA 2020 and now competing at man of the world pageant. Congratulations, man. I think that's just awesome. But for those, for those who don't know, like, what is this competition? Like, how did you get involved in, in like, how did you win it, man? So, um, I've been, I, I tried male pageants one time in, in 2011 okay. and I got second runner up and because, and be, because of that, I got the opportunity to go to Ecuador and be Mr. Teen Hispanic USA in 2011. Okay. So I was 20 years old, but imagine 20 years old lost. So I went there and did not take it serious. Did not really care. I just wanted to kind of be there and be a model. So when I gave my life to God, I stayed as far away from modeling as possible because modeling was one of the gateways to all the lust that took place. Sure. So I was terrified of modeling and I would always talk against modeling. I was like, Oh, I was a model. I was a puppet. I was this. So when I decided to give my life back to God, when I was 28 years old, that's when everything is cleaned up for good. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, 20, no, I was 27. Sorry. And God um, basically pushed me back into the light that I was kind of getting away from because I was so terrified of it, but he basically had me go as a mister. So the difference of a model and a mister is a model doesn't speak. A model doesn't really have much to say. A model's always casted. A mister goes to interviews. And instead of it just being a casting, they challenge your intelligence. They ask you, it's like Miss Universe. That's what the mister is. It's a okay. mister. Sweet. So uh, when I went to I went to, to Dominican Republic because someone couldn't go. And they were like, hey, we're looking for somebody. And I had just finished doing a Daniel fast for 10 days. Okay. Because I was like, God, I need vision. And, and when the person asked me to go represent the USA in Dominican Republic, I was like, okay, it sounds cool. But I turned it down in my head. And the next day, God's like, I had you do a fast and read Daniel chapter one for 10 days go back to that and i did and it said that daniel was a distinguished man from thousands mm. 
So I was like, okay. So I went and, I, and everything ended up getting sponsored. I go on the trip. I knew, knew, had no idea what the heck I was doing. I just had a time of my life. I tried it out. I did horrible because I didn't know how to style myself. I didn't know anything, but I got my feet wet. Yeah. But then after that, I kept getting asked to represent the USA in different competitions. So after that, um, I got asked to go to Thailand. And I went last year, no, 2019 to Thailand. And I represented the USA again for 14. Uh, I was out there for 14 days in Thailand representing the USA for Mr. Global. And then because of that, um, I came back. I competed in a national competition as Mr. Florida. I almost got the USA title again for that. And then for Man of the World, um, they found me. It, they always found me. The crazy thing is like they selected me and asked me. I wasn't looking. I didn't even know where to start yeah. except for the Mr. Florida thing that I did. But for this, I was battling because I was like, I don't want to do another pageant. I haven't won a global title and this is kind of embarrassing to keep going. And God told me, it's like, it's not about who has, who's going to criticize you. It's who's about to listen to you. Oh, come on. And that hit me. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I, I accepted the Mr. Florida because I had to start from the ground. I had to be Mr. Florida. The competition got canceled because of COVID. But because the second I was Mr. Florida, I did a photo shoot. I sent in my application. I had the resume. I had everything. They literally were like, we were, we were going to cancel a competition, but you had every quality that we see can win the international title. So we're going to make you man of the world USA. Come right on, when they dude. did that, we had no idea what 2020 was going to look like. We just knew it was a little bit of a pandemic, but I yeah. realized God used that so that I could do charity work in the middle of the pandemic and just edify the people in the U.S. through it. Um, and if you could do it in the middle of a pandemic, then you can, you literally set the, you set the bar high for a lot of people because it, you can't do much. You can't physically go anywhere and do it. So you have to do everything virtually. Yeah. Uh, but now as man of the world USA, for the first time in my pageant world, I'm sharing about low self-esteem and how I battled it for many years and identity. Uh, I don't get into too much detail because I feel like when you go into detail, people can't always connect, but sure. doing it as a whole, low self-esteem and identity can fill in so many gaps. Yep. So I've shared that and I have shared that I went through stuff as a child and identity crisis. And the, the audience in male pageants are struggling men a lot of times as well. Okay. So it's going to speak into all aspects of their identity in a sense of a parable and bring a lot of healing in general. Yeah. And I just, I stand there as I like to call it a role model, not just a model. Yeah. And God uses it. I love modeling, but the fact that I get to be a role model through it is a blessing. Even better, man. So good. <laughs> So good, dude. So good, man. Dude, I, I'm a big music guy. We got just a couple minutes left. I, I love to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? I like, okay, so it depends what mood I'm in. If it's for a okay. workout, definitely like an electronic kind of vibe. I okay. like Capital Kings. Nice. Um, worship, all about like Bethel. Yeah. Bethel oh, <laughs> just hits the soul differently. Totally. Um, and I've actually been more into, because this when you're overcoming things from your childhood and God does work on it at levels because there's hidden roots, yep. you realize like you have to incorporate, you have to go overboard sometimes. So I've been incorporating a lot of praise, like Israel Holton praise kind of stuff mm -hmm. before I go do a business deal and set myself up to do something because um, 
if you battled rejection as a kid, but then you prospect as an adult, that rejection still hits you as an adult. Like if it was a rejection from a kid. So you got to really prepare yourself when you go out there. Yeah. And I believe that's why a lot of people don't aim to succeed because it hurts too much and they can't understand why does this hurt? And it's like, it's because it's not this person rejecting you. It's the original rejection and things like that. So I actually put on praise music, um, Israel Holton. I try to listen to our God is greater before I start my day. Yeah. I'm big on that, man. Morning routines. I'm up at 4 a.m. six days a week, man. And really the first thing is I get upstairs, man, it's flipping on that worship music and just drawing close <laughs> as I can. And I, it's funny that it took me so long to realize this, but like, I finally realized that I can get two wins out of the way, like in the first 10 seconds that I wake up and like, we're never guaranteed tomorrow. So as soon as I open my eyes, I'm like, there's win number one. And then I make my bed and there's win number two. And I'm like, man, this day is going to be awesome. Right. And so like, and then it's upstairs, man, just drawing close. And I have this daily goal to make one person smile every single day. And so if I can do that virtually or in person, man, if I'm at a store, I want to call them by their name. That's on their name tag, man. That's big for me. And you know, that morning routine, just drawing close to God, man, just, just being thankful for where I'm at. And like, the people that I can speak with and connect with, man, like yourself, man, you are an absolute world changer, Brad X, man. I'm so pumped <laughs> that you took the time to come on my show, man. Truly thank an you. honor. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. And yeah, this got deep and personal, but usually when God has me do this, it's because someone's listening to this that's going to have a breakthrough. So yeah, it's worth it. Hey, thank you I'm so much it. for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of the show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there and please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.